like a silence. Combien de mieux? Yeah! 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 been messaging me all week. No, he hasn't. Like, wow. Yeah. Lovely. It's good. Okay. So. It's beginning. This, um, this slide is probably a slide you've seen before. It's, um, it's something that's been, a, it's been the big theme of, of what we've been doing as a church for a long time. Um, also, just what I was um, wanting to share with you was why, why we do things that we do. We've been worshipping together, which is amazing. We've seen God through His Spirit really just help us understand who he is and reveal truth and share bible passages and just seeing how amazing he is that's one of our priorities and um that's why we do it because we love seeing god work through all the, all of us who are believers we all hear from him um, and then the second thing we did was what we could see here is being friends enjoying god together it's one of our it's the second thing it's it's fika right like weekend service is amazing, but it also means that we can just get some time to to really get to know each other and and enjoy friendship and and we see God through that as well. Um, if at any point you have questions, I know it'll be a lot of things that I won't have time to to cover or or, or answer. But if you have questions, write them down and talk to me or talk to someone. Uh, just a friend or someone you came with because it's important to just pause on these things things that we are that might puzzle us or might just annoy us really um, that's important so uh, we have been as I said we've been going through uh, a book of the Bible perhaps I didn't say that it says they're Galatians that's a, that's a letter uh, that this guy called Paul wrote uh, like thousands of years ago um, he, this guy, he used to be part of uh, a Jewish religious society, like the elite. He was uh, actually, uh, he was part of this group that tried to stop Christianity. This was at the time of 50 to 60 years um, after our, what do you say, uh, AD, you say. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and his job was, as Christianity started, his job was just to stop it. Because Christianity was uh, threatening and hindering their Jewish institution. So this guy, Paul, he was traveling to a city and he was going to uh, stop these Christians. And on that road to the city, he saw Jesus, the very person that he tried to, uh, he actually tried to kill. He, he helped uh, the leaders uh, in Jerusalem to get Jesus killed. And now this guy was standing in front of him. Uh, I can just imagine how freaky that would be. Um, and from that point, when he met Jesus, he was changed. It took a few days, uh, and I won't go into details, but that story of meeting Jesus and being changed is true for so many of us here. It's true for me. We meet Jesus, and, and, and something new starts. Um, and that's why we, yeah, that's why we do baptisms, because it's, uh, it's the beginning of that new start. So, um, before we start reading uh, into our passage for today, let's just look at 
the bird eye picture, the bird eye view. Oh, man. English is not my main language. <laughs> Sometimes it's just woo. Um, <laughs> you need to help me out. Like this, this whole letter is 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 written for, uh, or not for. It, it, it's written by Paul. who's very passionate. Uh, there's something that just annoys annoys him, and he is through this letter is trying to oppose um, a way of thinking that was grounded in the Jewish religious laws, the laws that he used to follow. Um, and he writes in this letter to deal with a group of people that had influenced this church in Galatia, hence uh, the letter to Galatians. And uh, they were trying to be obsessed with doing things in a very exact way. And they tried to follow these rules. Um, and they were preoccupied and focused on the form of it, like how we do things rather than the core of it, the substance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that means that they miss the point. They miss the point of, of, of what Christianity is all about. Uh, but more importantly, Paul is very passionate in this letter to protect our freedom. Um, he goes into uh, detail of, of just how, how to do that, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. Um, I've chosen to call or just have the topic of freedom stands. Um, we've heard uh, for a few weeks, and, and, and last time when we heard Alid, uh, he was talking about this uh, being a slave or being free and that really now through God, through Jesus, we are free. Mm-hmm. So this, th- this week we look at what does this mean? Like how can we have a stance of freedom? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and to, to help me in this, I'm, I'm going to use a, a picture that I was inspired by uh, from a book on Galatians. And um, it's, it goes like this imagine that you live by a lake and uh, it could be in North Sweden, it could be in Canada it could be in Russia where it gets really cold and for four months uh, the lake you live by will just freeze through it, you know, it'll be three meters thick that's not three meters that's three meters <laughs> or, or, or ten feet if you're not from from this place if you're not in the metric system, so to say. <laughs> I know, but I've been, I've been kind. So this means, three meters means that you can drive a car, you can drive your car on this ice, uh, and you can drive across the lake. This is quite convenient. Um, and I've chosen this picture to see. That's a car driving on a frozen lake. It's real. It is real, yeah. It has happened. I've done it. I've been by a lake enough times. In yeah. And yeah. Just a shortcut to the shop. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we can do this. But even even though we can do this, at some point spring will come, like winter will end and, and spring will come and it will get warmer. So uh, now the ice, like come spring, it's not as firm as it used to be, uh, and drivers who are wise, they just stop doing it. Like they they don't take their cars. Um, because soon the lake will be unfrozen, as this picture shows. That's oh. that's a guy trying to uh, you know trying to go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one way of putting it. And Paul Paul's point is this: with these uh, images, is that with Jesus, spring has come to the people of God. Um, it used to be for a long time like. Relating to God and having fellowship with God, um, 
was through rules and through the law. And this was always a temporary thing. Like this was the winter regime, uh, a, a time of waiting. And these people that uh, told these Galatians that we're going to read soon, like they told them to, um, or, or they tried to make everyone cross the lake in a car, basically. And but now Paul knows that spring has come, and, and attempting to cross the lake is just it's it's useless. You will sink. You'll get nowhere. This will happen. And the old mode of transport is now useless. Uh, and uh, it could look like this, or it could look like this. You know, it's this, <laughs> there's no ice anymore. And, and if you do that, that's going to be that's going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this text, Paul encourages us to stay away from doing this, staying away from the car, because spring has come and everything has changed. Like the winter has stopped. Now it's springtime. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's read it. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Um, we are looking at... Oh, that's quite small. If you can't see, you can just come closer. Yeah. Um, we are looking at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through to 12. Um, and it says like this. It says this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision... Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is bound to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law, and you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. You were running well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? And this persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will make, that you will take no other view than mine. And he who is troubling you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But if I, brethren, still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the stumbling block of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would mutilate themselves. Okay, again, a very passionate Paul. He is, he is, this picture, this vivid picture is just right in front of him. Like they're trying to, you know, drive into the lake. They're going to drown. Like that's why he is to say, don't do it, stop it. And we can also see here that he knew these people as friends. Um, it says that he had confidence in them, confidence in the Lord in, in verse 10. And he also knew that they started out in freedom. We've seen that in, in previous chapters. They, they started well, they started in the Spirit, in Jesus, in God. But then they went back to, to the law. Um, and this phrase of running well here is a, it, it's a picture that's used uh, in many places just to... It's a picture of the Christian life. Like running a race, uh, fixing eyes on Jesus, going to him. Is that running that race? And, but these people, like when the Christian Galatians started running the race, this group of, of uh, teachers and, uh, um, yeah, and just people, they tried to hinder them from obeying the truth. Um, and the word for hinder here 
what we can see, where do we see it? Uh, <laughs> seven. seven. Okay, thank you, Josh. There we see, like at the very bottom, you were running well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? The word is used in the original language for hinder is, is really, if you, if you would run that race, someone would perhaps call at you or throw something in front of you, trying to stop you, trying to interrupt what you're doing. Or it, it might be if, if you're on the telephone, like if you're making a phone call and, and, and someone tries to talk to you, like it annoys you, like it disturbs you. <laughs> like that's, it, it's like to cut in on someone. And um, this hindering, um, uh, Paul summarizes that in, in one word. He says that that's a yoke of slavery. Uh, I like this arrow. <laughs> Do you see it? It's very, if you miss the, if you miss a yoke, that's, that's a help. So he, he's saying that these people, he, he's calling it a yoke of slavery. <coughs> and a yoke, as we can see here, is for these two lovely oxen. That, that's a burden. Like, I, I don't think they like it. Like, no one has asked them if, if that was okay. You know, and, and it's weighing them, like, you can just imagine, like, their next being quite sore, uh, you know, after, after they've done that. So, this yoke, this burden, is their dependence upon the law, like these rules that I was talking about earlier. Um, and the specific part of this law that we see Paul is contending is circumcision. We see it at a few places in this, in this verse. Um, and to use our il- illustration earlier, like Paul's opponents had made up all these road rules for how to drive on ice, uh, like how to get across. And the first step to, to driving on, on the ice was to uh, start up the car. So we could say to start up the car was to get circumcised. That's how you get into the community. That's how you get into the car and how you start the car up. <coughs> And we see that in um, verse 2 to 3, he says that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Um, And anyone who receives circumcision, that he's bound to keep the whole law. So, as I said, circumcision was the start of entering into, or entering the journey, or starting the journey into the Jewish community. And this was not just for the Jews, it was quite common in the ancient world to use this, like to mark your body that you, that you belong to someone, you belong to something bigger. And um, it's also important here to, to say that circumcision in itself is, is not bad. Uh, actually, we see in, in the book of Acts, when the first church or the early church started, we see that Paul actually allowed a, a friend of his, Timothy, to be circumcised. And his reasoning behind that was for church unity to, to not hinder the Jewish people, in a sense. Um, and it was more a strategic missionary reason. But his problem with their way of circumcision, or they were doing it, was their motive behind it and their heart behind it. Um, it was the kind of trust that they put in the ritual itself. They put faith in it. Um, and they said something like this, yeah, Amazing that you've now accepted Christ, you are, you know, part of his community. But to, to show your commitment to God, you need to, you need to be circumcised. That's how you get into a car. You need to just do it. And they said that this circumcision was a requirement of salvation. Um, and that this, we, 
this way of thinking would justify them. This word justification, I'm just going to pause here just briefly because there's a few words that are, um, we wouldn't use them perhaps today to say that I wouldn't use them because I speak Swedish. Uh, no, yes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> but they thought that doing these things, following these laws, getting into a car would justify them before God. And this term justify is, is uh, more or less a legal legal term, um, something that uh, is a transaction, it's a legal act from God to pardon you from your sins. It's, it's, it's done once and for all, and they thought that um, following the law uh, meant that you could be right before God, and that will impress God and earn salvation. And, and as I said, this really upsets Paul, like he is, he is not having it. Um, he, he has stated so many times that salvation can only be through Christ. There's nothing else. And uh, if, you, if you add something to Jesus, that's no gospel at all. Like that's, that's no freedom at all. That's nothing. So to just, you know, to, to, uh, to, uh, to finish it up, like his reasoning here, he even says that I wish these people that who, or let me read that. In verse 12, I wish those who unsettled you would mutilate themselves. Like, that's, that's quite strong words. It's, he's passionate for the freedom, but he also says, you know, um, yeah, these are strong words. And what it means, uh, really, again, is just it's useless for salvation. Like, it, 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 they, could, they could, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's useless to the point that they could just, you know, mutilate themselves. Mutilate meaning the operation of circumcision like it, it's nothing it's just you know it's it, it's uh, it's just a mark on your body and some um some uh, some people that i've uh, I've, I've read some uh, people just thinking about this passage as well and and they've said that not only does he mean the physical operation but it also means that he wants them to be cut off from the community he, he doesn't want them to affect these christians anymore so, um, I'm going to use an illustration, um, like an experiment, to just uh, f- for us to get a helpful image, like how, how this affects us, like what this means when we add something to Jesus, like how, how serious their hard motive was and what that uh, means for salvation. So, to recap, like Paul's reasoning is this, um, and I quote, this route over the ice is no longer available. Uh, spring has come, the ice has melted, and there is a new way over the lake. And this time spring is for good. So, um, hopefully this works. Look at this. This is, this is water. I, I, I couldn't find like a normal glass. And, and it's, it's fresh water. It's something that I would drink. I could drink it now, just to just to show you that, but you just have to trust me. Uh, do you want to you have a taste? It's like a magic trick. Science. Is that water, Alad? It is water. <laughs> I can confirm. Thank you. <laughs> now... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That is the end of that. Step one, yeah. See you next week. <laughs> now, so, this is what it means. Like, this, this fresh water means... Like, this is our faith in... In, in Jesus. This is our pure and only way of, of, of receiving salvation. We, we drink it 
And, and in other places we see that we receive Jesus by his spirit and we need to keep doing that. We need to keep drinking in Jesus. And it's this fresh water that we really just need. Um, but if we, if we do this, if we take something like washing up liquid and we just add just a, just a drop, just look at that. And if I now ask Ali, Ali do, do you want to drink this? He, he probably doesn't want that. I, I probably wouldn't want to drink this. This, this water is now, I can stir it up and there might be bubbles and uh, other fun things, but I wouldn't drink this. This is, this is not suitable. Like, this is not fresh water anymore. It's, uh, it's useless. So what Paul is saying that if, if I just put a tiny bit of law, a tiny bit of trust in other things than Jesus, like it, it's all ruined. It, it means that if I cling on to a law that I create for myself or that they've created for themselves, like meaning circumcision, that that changes everything. Uh, and it's really saying, when I put in just some washing up liquid, when I get into a car, it's saying that I don't want Jesus at all. I don't want him. Um, so it's, it's useless. Now let's put that away before, before I... And he... Uh, uh, to just tie it into to the, the passage, this picture you see now is a different way of saying what he says here. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now leaven is, is something you use to, to make the dough rice if you bake bread. And if you just have a tiny bit, like tiny bit of washing up liquid, tiny bit of leaven, it changes everything. Like it, 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 just, it just changes. Um, and uh, these issues, these hard motives, these, uh, this inclination or, or wanting to put something in the water, um, those issues are the same issues that we also face. Like we, as I said, like our situation is their situation. We do this as well. And um, when they did this, they became slaves uh, by adding something to the gospel. Um, so let's just try to turn to ourselves now. Like, what's our situation and how can we add washing up liquid to, to the water? Like, what might that look like for us? Um, let me just give you an example. Like, uh, for myself, growing up, growing up as a Christian, I, uh, I've just always been, been going to church, and it's been a natural thing. But for a very long time, I, uh, me being a Christian was about doing things. It was going to these conferences. It was, um, you know, just uh, showing that I can do this. Uh, and I didn't really have a personal relationship to to Jesus. I, uh, I was defined by the things I did just the same way that these Galatians were doing. They were defined by, oh, I'm circumcised. Amazing. That's, that's good. So I was, I was adding washing up liquid to, to, to my life, and it was, it was useless. I didn't see that Jesus was the only way, and I need to you know, get his fresh water. And for you, this might be something else. Like You might just really feel, oh, this, is, uh, this is my area of how I put washing up liquid in my water. And um, it might be that you're so focused on being 
being su successful at work or at university, trying to impress people. Uh, or it might even be if you've been a Christian for a long time to have the right theology and to listen to the right preachers, mm -hmm. to um, keep certain laws, to give a certain amount of money uh, to church. Um, or it might just be to, uh, that you want to receive too much money for yourself. So um, this focus on ourselves, this way of how we add something to the water is, is something that the Bible calls sin. It's this focus on me. Um, and we all have it. Uh, it, as I said, it, it, it's shown in different ways uh, for, for everyone in this room and in different life stages. But we all have it. We, we focus on ourselves and our good and our success. Uh, and it separates us from Jesus. It separates us from the, uh, from the fresh water. So, but even if this is the case, we see good things uh, all around us. We see we can enjoy good food, we can enjoy friendship, we can enjoy a beautiful sunrise. Like these good things are, the Bible tells us, they are good gifts from God to everyone, if you're a believer or if you're not a believer. Um, but there's also some really bad stuff. Um, there's, you know, wars going on as we speak. There's people that are starving. There's injustice everywhere. And this is a reality that we face. There's good and bad. And um, this bad stuff, the Bible tells us, comes from, comes from the devil. There's something behind the scenes. It's not just what we see. It's, there's something more. Uh, we also know that God is perfect. He is perfect love. Like what we've been singing this morning, like you are the everlasting God. You do not faint. Like he is, he is our rock and he is perfect love. Um, and we as human beings are created out of that overflow of that love. Like he, it might be weird to say that he didn't need us, but he was in himself perfect and he wanted to, uh, for us, his created beings to enjoy him forever. Um, and we were created to, to enjoy him. But, but this sin, this focus on ourselves, it, it, it separates us from, from God. Um, and we choose to be our own God. Um, but this, this separation, like the sin that separates us from, from God, is, is, is not something that we can do. Like these Galatians tried to do it. They tried to get in the car. That's useless. Like they'll drive into the lake. And, and the same is true for us. Like we can't do this on our own. We, uh, all our good deeds, all our things that we try to do, it, it, it will never... Uh, we will never reach God through our own strength. Um, but this is a thing when, this is a great reminder because um, God, uh, he, he sees everything and, and he saw this distance and when we choose to be our own God, he knew I'm going to send Jesus because Jesus was the one who came to earth and uh, 2,000 years ago, he lived the perfect life that we um, were meant to live. Like, the life that we want to live, like what we desire. And, and he, um, he had no sin. He was perfect. And by dying on the cross, um, uh, he, he saved us from that guilt and that, those consequences of, of sin. Um, and by dying, taking the sin on him and, and then rising again to life, he beat death. Like death thought that, oh, he, he's dead now. But... But he rose again. He showed that he has the power to overcome everything. So 
we can, through Jesus, have this relationship, this um, new way of getting across the lake. Um, and this is something that God, God gives it freely to, to everyone. And here, like, the cross of Jesus, as I said here, the cross is the heart of freedom. It's, it's really the end of our striving, our, our trying to start a car, our trying to, I don't know, do things, do good deeds, like trying to live a good life. Um, but the cross means that we can stop all that. We can stop focus on our, our um, you know, focus on things that we do and we can focus on him instead. Um, and if um, when we when we see Jesus, when we see the cross of Jesus, something also happens. The same thing that happens to Paul, he he met Jesus and something changed. And uh, everyone in in here, we we're in different places. But if you feel that something is like knocking on your heart, something is happening. That's that's Jesus. Like and. Always, when we hear from God in worship, we say, don't go from here. Like, this is, it's important to respond. So if that's you, if you feel like it's a part of your life that we just, you know, you want to talk to someone, you want to pray, you want to see the fresh water again, um, speak to someone. Talk to the one you came with. Like, that's, that's important. Um, okay, so if we... Now that we've seen the cross, now we see that there's a new way. Like, how, how can we do this? Um, we, we read in verse 1. Um, I'm going to show it to you briefly. It's just this. And this is a great like, encouragement from, from Paul. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to yoke of slavery. So we've seen the yoke of slavery. Now let's turn to this standing fast. And to illustrate this, um, standing fast in the freedom, like this word is active. Like this, this guy standing here, he he just didn't end up there. You, you know, he 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 chose to be there and he chose to to, to stay his ground. Um, Paul tells us that we should be doing this to stand in freedom, like no matter what. That's something active. It's almost something not militaristic, but something that's very. It's a posture that's active. And um, that begs the question, like, how, how do we do this? Like, what's the, what's the way of freedom? Um, verse 5 here is, is so helpful. We see that he says that uh, through the Spirit, by faith, we wait for the hope of righteousness. I'm going to just pause on a few of these words, not for too long. Um, this last phrase, hope of righteousness, it, it puts the emphasis on something future. Like, it's not a word for hope that we sometimes use, like, oh, I hope it's sunny tomorrow. It's, it's something that's sure. It's something that's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. we, we see that in the future. It's something very different. And this future occasion is, is really the new creation. We know through the Bible that Jesus will come again and we will see a new creation. Uh, and there will be no sin, there will be no suffering. That's what we look forward to. Um, and we do this through the Spirit, um, as we can see. Like, and the Spirit is the opposite of the flesh. The Spirit is trusting in Jesus, the flesh is trusting in ourselves. 
Um, and this life in the Spirit is the evidence of Jesus being in us. Like we see that Jesus being in us helps us through his Spirit to, uh, to, to, to see this hope of righteousness, to see Jesus. He's our hope. So to use our lake illustration, um, the Spirit is the ticket that guarantees us a place on the boat, which, unlike the car, uh, will now be able to cross the lake. So that's, that's quite amazing news that we now have a new mode of transport. We have a boat you know, that uh, allows us to, to go and to cross the lake. Um, verse 6 then helps us to better understand this. It, it says that, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any avail, but faith working through love. So again, we see that nothing, nothing that we do, not, no mark on our body or the, the lack of mark on, on our body like counts for anything. Um, the only thing that matters is faith working through love. That is faith in Jesus Christ. And this faith is something we receive as a free gift. It's not something we can, uh, we can work up or something that we can uh, do on our own. Um, also, this faith is not just, uh, uh, as we see at the end, it's faith working through love. It's not just faith full stop. It's going somewhere. It's, it's working through love. Um, it's, it's active. So faith in Jesus always shows itself in love. Um, and when I talk about the cross of Jesus, that being the, uh, like a sign of our freedom, a sign of hope, um, this faith working through love is really the motivating force behind why God even chose to, to come after us, like why he even chose to, to, to save us. And this means that we can welcome one another, we can welcome unchristian Christians the same way that God welcomed us. Uh, and this is really the core of, uh, of, of Christianity. So, you've heard many, quite, quite a lot of things like at this point, uh, almost half an hour of, of me talking. Um, but it, I think it's also important just to see how practically can we do this. Like, what, what does this mean? Um, and uh, what, if, what if you've put washing up liquid in, in your water again? What if you find yourself, uh, you know, being here again? That's, that's quite a funny picture. I, I should have chosen something more serious. No, but what if you find yourself in this place? What if you find yourself being bound to something that you just feel like this is not freedom? This is not what, what Christ gave me. This is not the love that motivated God to, to, to find me and to save me. Um, what we do when this happens is that we, we, we remember that spring is here. Mm-hmm. That winter, when we think that we, we can... We can see, oh, the lake is, is frozen through. Like, that's not true. That's a, that's a lie. Like, the winter is, is past. Spring has come. So, whenever this happens, like, you need to get out of that car. You need to, you know, go to Jesus to get fresh water to, to change the cup, so to say. And you need to remember that Christ has come and spring is here. Yeah. And, and by what we've seen in, in verse 5 and 6, that is an amazing... Uh, I could say a meditation. Meditation mean, meaning that those two verses could be uh, a, a treasure of knowing how to come to Jesus. Mm. 
it's it's it, it's really good so i can encourage you like, just when you when you get home or if you're, if you're on the bus read those verses again and just remember that this is this is a god who came after us this is a god who who, who chose to be with us so knowing that is uh, is is amazing because we know that we are welcomed into his family uh, whenever we find ourselves uh, in the car or doing stuff that we don't want to do we know that uh, like that guy was doing I'm going to show you again like we know that, that we can do this we can have uh, a sure hope to know that we can stand in freedom that we can uh, know that we are part of God's family mm-hmm. okay should we, should we just pray and then as I said if, if, if there's anything questions or if you want to pray with someone do that just, um, uh, yeah God is speaking through um, uh, through his word and, and it's important for us to, to respond